Welcome to Wellspring on the Air. I'm Nicole Alfonso, a therapist at Wellspring and the host of today's show about building emotional intelligence through play. With me today to discuss this interesting topic are Anthony and Brittany Gonzalez, the creators of a game that helps us be more in tuned with the connection between our thoughts, emotions, and actions. Together, we wanna to tell you about this awesome game and how we can connect our emotional intelligence to our mental health. So stay with us. We've got some fun information ahead just for you. Okay, so welcome Brittany and Anthony to the show. I would like you to take a few seconds to um, just introduce yourselves and tell everyone about yourselves. I know you because I got the chance to play this awesome game when it was in the beginning stages. So it's really awesome that you guys are here. We can talk about it. So if you could just tell us a little bit about yourselves, what you do in life. Yeah, uh, our pleasure to be here. First, thanks, Nicole. And thanks to the whole Wellspring Counseling um, staff for the work that you guys do to help invest in people in our city and beyond. Uh, yeah, my name is Anthony Gonzalez. I'm the husband of Brittany uh, and father of Micah, Kyla, and Daniel. We got three kids, amazing kiddos. And I serve as the team leader for Athletes in Action in South Florida. It's a ministry of crew or Campus Crusade for Christ. And part of that means I get to serve as a chaplain for the Miami Hurricanes and some other local universities here. Wow, that's awesome. Thanks, Anthony. And my name is Brittany Viola Gonzalez. I am Anthony's wife, also mom of three. Really crazy how big they're getting so fast. And I am also just recently stepped into the team leader role um, as an athletes in action with our organization here in South Florida. I was a former athlete at the University of Miami, a diver, and had the honor of representing the United States as an Olympian in 2012. And I'm in a, a totally different phase of life now that I'm very excited about. I think it's just as exciting as the Olympics. <laughs> this is cool. I love that you guys are also very involved with the, with athletes. You know, I think there's a lot to mental health in the athletic world. Um, so this is really cool. And so I'm, I'm just really excited to have you guys here. So if you could tell us a little bit about what sparked your interest in mental health. Mm. Wow. Well, I mean, we're, probably jump into the deep end of the pool pretty quickly uh, with an answer to this question, but- um, That's what we do here at Wellspring, at Wellspring real quick. Um, <laughs> it, it was less of sparking an interest and more baptism by fire for mental health for me because, um, and honestly, I brought into my marriage a, a sexual addiction. And in our second year of marriage, that created a crisis for us uh, where I was at the point of possibly losing this marriage and. Uh, we had our only our son, Micah, at the time, and as a ministry leader and as a pastor, I mean, um, it was getting ready to unravel everything, and so um, I sought help, and uh, some of the help came through counselors here at Wellspring, uh, so I praise God for the work that you guys do, and was then connected to other great leaders who helped walk me through the journey over the last seven years now. Uh, as I've been walking in sobriety and recovery. And so that just brought a great deeper awareness because I realized that my behavioral uh, habits that were causing pain for myself and my family, they weren't rooted in the behaviors themselves. They were rooted in deeper uh, uh, mental, emotional, and spiritual issues. That's where the roots were. So I gained a greater interest in digging deeper into mental health 
for my own benefit, but then I discovered, man, I'm able to help a lot more people uh, because of the, the journey that I have been on as well. That's yeah. so powerful. Thank you, Anthony, for your vulnerability and sharing that with our audience. I think it's really powerful when you're just, you're struggling and you reach out for help and then you get the help and then you, wow, like now I can help others. Like that's where it's at right there. Mm -hmm. So thank you. How about you, Brittany? Yeah, well, Anthony mentioned, um, you know, his struggles and it was not unfamiliar to me to see behaviors that were being done that were not even what Anthony desired to be doing in his life. And so um, rewind into my teenage years, I had behaviors that caught my attention that um, I just felt like were uncontrollable and it had to do with food and body image. And I started seeing a counselor, nutritionist, trying to get some help, and it just continued to get worse and worse. So I went inpatient when I was 18 years old to a facility in Arizona. And um, that was the first time I got an emotions chart. That was the first time I started talking about things that are not really seen um, and yet fully affected my life every day. So that was the beginning of my journey. And um, it has been an integral, like, purposeful um, part of my life that I continue to grow and develop because I know it impacts just as much as I train physically, I train emotionally. That's awesome. I train emotionally. We all need to be training emotionally. Awesome. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about um, from your perspective, how does emotional intelligence affect mental health? So tell us a little bit about what emotional intelligence might be and and how does it affect our mental health? Yeah, so I mean, I don't have like a clinical definition. I'm not a clinician. I'll just say that from the outset, neither Brittany and I are formally trained in these matters, but we just have a lot of personal experience and have walked with incredible people. Um, so my understanding, I mean, our emotional intelligence is basically our ability to, to personally identify, articulate, process what we're feeling, um, not just on our own, but in the context of relationships and community. And so there's a, there's a negative correlation between our emotional intelligence and our mental health disorders, uh, meaning, you know, the, the lower my emotional intelligence, the higher probability of experiencing mental health disorders. Um, different universities, Trent, Yale, Harvard, uh, found research that groups with lower emotional intelligence had higher levels of anxiety, panic, obsessive compulsive disorders. And so there's a, there's a strong uh, correlation between the two. It makes a lot of sense because if you don't know what's happening inside of you, it can be really messy and it could show up in such, you know, in ways that are destructive. And it, so it makes a lot of sense that if you're not connected to your own emotions and feelings, um, then you're not even knowing what's causing what, right? It's, it's real messy. So that, that just makes that's right. sense in the world. Yeah. Yeah. And I very similarly, Anthony made a joke. If you can't name it, you can't tame it. It was like, yeah, that's if, if you can't identify the emotions in you, you can't care for yourself in the way that you actually need to be cared for. Um, so it has been so powerful to say, I feel X, Y, Z, not judge myself. And then to not call certain emotions bad or good. They're all great. Now, some are very uncomfortable <laughs> and some are really comfortable. So that's how and I like they it. They all have a purpose, right? They all have a message. There's something that is, it's there for a reason. We got to pay attention to it, right? Mm -hmm. um, we all need a feelings wheel in our homes, in our cars. I mean, we just kind of, we need, let's start there, right? 
<laughs> yeah, which, you know what, I want to speak to that for a quick moment because I know that there might be some some of you guys listening right now and might be thinking like, okay, yeah, the ladies are talking about feelings, wheels and charts and keeping it everywhere. But one of the ways that I like to think about it, and this will relate to ladies too, is, you know, a lot of our emotions can be like indicators on our dashboard in the car. Um, and so we feel something and it's an opportunity to pay attention to what is that indicator telling me? And, you know, if you drive a car long enough with the indicator just blinking at you and never pulling over to check out what's going on under the hood, you're not going to get very far. You're going to end up stranded somewhere. And so I like to consider, you know, really strong, powerful emotions are big indicators, check engine light, change oil light, uh, something needs attention under the hood. Uh, and if you ignore those long enough, then yeah, then you're going to have a lot of the issues that will show up like the beach ball busting out uh, from beneath the surface of the water that we've been mm, holding down. Love so. those examples, Anthony. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, so let's talk about your game. Let's talk about Ferret Flush. That's what it's called. Tell us what inspired Ferret Flush. Yeah, so um, man, God woke up Brittany in the middle of the night back in October 2020. I can't say it, you know, any differently. It was literally, she, she was awake, had these pressing thoughts going back and forth between positive and negative thoughts. And she would, you know, go over to her journal by the nightstand and journal it out. And I'm passed out this whole time. I've got no idea what's going on. You know, it's like one in the morning. Uh, but the next morning when I get up, she brings it to my attention, says, hey, um, you know, I couldn't go to sleep. I ended up going to the office and journaling out all these things. And I think God wants me to make a card game. And so as I listened in and as crazy as it sounded at first, the more I listened, the more I realized, I think there's something here. And within 24 hours, we created the first draft of what today is Ferret Flush. Um, so that's, that's part of how it started. That is so cool. I, I love that you followed through with that idea, Brittany, and just like as crazy as it may sound, you did it. And this is like a really cool game. So why we are all wondering <laughs> the big question, the big question, why did you call it Ferret Flush? Well, it was very hard to find a trademarkable name when I was looking into options. Originally, this game was called Deal With It because I didn't like how oftentimes people say that flippantly and they don't want to deal with life. But I literally want to give people the skills to deal with life and all of that that comes with it. But I came across animal names that had a different meaning. And so ferret was one of them. So ferret isn't just a noun, the animal, it's actually a verb. And it means to find or bring to light by searching. So it's a discovery process. And they actually used ferrets back in the day to flush out vermin underground and bring them to the surface. So to flush out something, we see this as a really cool discovery opportunity to flush out emotions, thoughts, bring things to the surface that aren't normally talked about. Love that. What a great uh, name because that's what we're doing, right? We got to flush things out. <laughs> it's, we got to do it. So I know this game is built for teenagers, young adults, and you're making possibly some, some other like more specific games like for couples or juniors or athletes. So what is ultimately the purpose of the game? Yeah, the, the purpose of the game is so that individuals will feel more equipped in four different areas. One is that it'll normalize the interplay between thoughts, feelings, and actions. 
So when we face life situations, these things are relevant and real, whether we recognize it or not. We have thoughts, feelings, and actions, and they're all interconnected. Even though we separate them in the game, they all connect. Um, the second is that you get to expand your emotional vocabulary. So we use words like bewildered. <laughs> um, I, I don't know when the last time I used that word, but now that I play it in the game, I, I can pull that one out once in a while in my everyday life. The third is that we would discover things that you didn't know about yourself, maybe even prefer not to know about yourself and others that you're playing with. So if you really, um, there's the side of just playing and having fun. And if you really want to get to know the people around you, it's so interesting as you play, if you listen, they may tell stories about themselves that you never knew. Um, I learned that two people were in a porta potty when it tipped door side down. I didn't know that. <laughs> That's never happened to me. Um, and so this last, that actually Nicole led into the laugh is the, the fourth aspect of this, that we want people to laugh. Um, if you're not laughing, then you're doing it wrong. You're playing the game wrong. Um, that is the whole purpose of this game is to have fun and connect. And that laughing piece really lightens that, that whole idea of having and opening up, right? And sharing things. It just mm -hmm. makes it easier to do that, I think. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Okay. So we're going to take a short break to thank one of our sponsors who makes the production of our podcast possible. When we come back, we'll hear more from Anthony and Brittany about the importance of connecting with our thoughts, feelings, and actions through play and give a little explanation of what this game is like. Welcome back to Wellspring on the Air. This is Nicole Alfonso. If you're just joining our show, our topic today is building emotional intelligence through play. So far today, we've talked about a fun game to connect to our emotions, thoughts, and behaviors. If you joined us late, you can find us on your favorite podcast channel on Wellspring on the Air or on our website blog page at wellspringmiami.org. Just search for this topic, which is building emotional intelligence through play. Okay. Anthony and Brittany, tell us a little bit about how you play this game. Love to. Would love to, Nicole. So you play the game by getting... Um, three to six people together, we call them creatures, including yourself, and uh, grab a box. I think, Britt, you might have a box nearby if you wanna pull it up to show it. Great, there it is. Inside the box, uh, sorry for our audio listeners only, you missed out on the look, but you can look at <laughs> it. Um, there's Go 30 the situation channel. cards. What was that, Britt? Go to the YouTube channel. <laughs> there you go. The, inside the box, there's 30 situation cards, and there are 10 twist cards and there are 65 play cards. Basically the way it works is you shuffle the situation cards together, put them in the middle of the table, shuffle the play cards together, deal five out to each creature playing the game. And then the dealer becomes the first ferret who then draws one situation card to read out to everyone. For instance, it might say, the porter potty I'm using tips over door side down. We made a reference to that one earlier. All the players hear the situation and then they look at their play cards, which each play card has a thought, a feeling, and an action on it. They're not necessarily related to each other on the cards, but you can then review your hand of cards and put down a thought that you would have, or you think the ferret would have, excuse me, in response to that situation. And then the ferret picks out their favorite. You do it all over again with feelings, one more time through actions, Whoever wins best two out of three of the sets keeps a situation card, play it all over again until everyone's been the ferret twice. And whoever attains the most situation cards by the end of the game is the winner. 
That sounds fun. I can imagine some really interesting thoughts, feelings, and behaviors in there to choose from. Awesome. Okay, so why do you think it's important to have more conversations about thoughts, feelings, and actions? Mm, that's a great question. Well, you know, my experience uh, throughout my teenage years and adolescent years is I separated a lot of things within myself. You know, there's a word for that called compartmentalization. And what this game does is it helps reconnect the dots. It helps counter that compartmentalization. You know, behaviors don't just happen in a vacuum and isolation. You know, a lot of people may say something like, I don't know what happened. I just found myself eating a pint of ice cream. Well, no, let's slow down and talk about that. You didn't just suddenly consume a whole pint of ice cream. That was probably something you're feeling. In my case, man, I down ice cream quick when I'm feeling anxious. Um, and sometimes I'm triggered to feel anxiety when I'm thinking about an upcoming work meeting that I'm not prepared for. And that thought might've been triggered by a text or phone call from a coworker who's gonna be at that meeting. And so if someone's able to slow down enough, they can reconnect the dots to say, okay, well, I did this because I felt that. I felt that because I thought this. And I thought this because this happened to me. And it can go in either direction. You can start with the situation and bring it all the way down to the behavior, or you can go the other way. And that just helps reconnect, reintegrate the person with who they are and equips them to talk about it with other people around them. Absolutely. We also use the word dissociate or detach. Mm -hmm. And so we detach our emotions from our sensations in our body. We detach just, and so to survive really, to survive through life. And so that what happens is that it just doesn't allow us to be fully present in our lives and engaging with people and actually appreciating everything that's around us. So that's yeah, great. I think that's huge. I think it's great to, it's important to connect all those emotion, thoughts and, and behaviors. So from your perspective, how do we integrate these conversations in our everyday life? Yeah, I'm, I'm still learning how to do this. Um, so when I hear about a situation that happened in someone's life, I can ask them, how did that make you feel? What were the thoughts that, did you have any thoughts that you're aware of that you could share with me? How did you respond? What, what did you do about it when that happened? And so I can use thoughts, feelings, and actions as an automated question to ask them to not give them a fix it already. Like, oh, this happened. Let me step in and give you a resolution, but step in to discover something that may be going on that um, you may never have learned if you would have just stepped in to fix it. So those are some questions that I asked. And, and it, this game has helped me just come up with communication skills, words. Like some people may not even know emotion words. And I can give them a few examples, like my children. When this happened, when you hurt your knee, you know, did you feel sad? Did you feel angry? Um, you know, just starting to give some language for our children. And oftentimes we're even finding ourselves doing that with college students because this isn't, this hasn't been a normal trained skill to have this kind of vocabulary and communication. Oh yeah. And I think as a parent, I could, you know, we, we talk feelings a lot here, duh, cause I'm a therapist, but <laughs> I, I, sometimes we, we still struggle with like, what's going on? Like, what are you feeling? Mm -hmm. What triggered that? Right. Like what made you feel that way? And and I think it, it really is imperative that we start teaching and helping each other to access this part of ourselves. It's just so important because of now we're going to go through life doing things that we have no idea why we're doing them, where they're coming from, what, you know, nothing. And, and we're just, and, and it could lead us to make really bad choices in life, you know? And so I think it's super important. So 
I, I think this is really great. So tell us a little bit about why you think it's important to talk about it in laughter. <laughs> well, emotional health conversations about our thoughts. Like I have had people tell me, I don't want to talk about my emotions. Valid. I get it. And so I was so excited to create Anthony and I have created this game so that it's got humor behind it. It's lighthearted and you don't have to talk about your thoughts or your emotions. You're trying to get your card picked and win the game. So that's like my favorite part is you can just laugh. My son, if we're playing, I know I'm going to pass him anything that says potty humor. He thinks it's hilarious. And so I'm going to send him potty humor, even if it doesn't make sense to the situation. Laughing is healing. It's one of my favorite things to do in life. I get made fun of my laugh all the time and my whole family has unique laughs. So it's just really, um, I love it. I think it's so much fun. And um, I believe that this underground adventure is fun too. I don't think that emotional health counseling, these topics have to be deep and heavy. I think they can also be adventurous and fun. I think that's true. And in addition to that, I'd like to say that I think when we are able to laugh a little bit about the struggles or whatever is happening to us on that, on that fence, we are able to also validate, like, I get it. Like I'm also, I also experienced that. And that's, that's really freeing for a lot of people that have never really shared things. Um, so I, I think it's a great, uh, laughter is so important. And, and we also laugh a lot here at ourselves in our home. So <laughs> What is your advice in approaching these conversations in real life? You know, I think, I feel like as a therapist, like that's like my go-to, like that's, that's like, you know, how does that make you feel? And, you know, like we just do that, but like you're a regular person, right? And like, you know, how do you do that in real life when not playing a game? I have no idea, Nicole. You got me. I'm stumped. (laughs) I say, let's play a game. And then we play the game and we jump into it. But you're right. You can't always pull out a game. You can't always, uh, you know, have have all that to uh, ease into some conversations. Um, so, I mean, oftentimes what I've discovered is, is when I'm personally vulnerable, uh, in, in the best sense of the term, like I'm, I'm opening up about what something, what has happened to me and what I'm thinking and feeling about it and share it in a safe enough environment with someone else what mm-hmm. i've often discovered is vulnerability begets vulnerability mm-hmm. in other words another person might also be willing to share a little bit more i can't tell you how often i talk about my recovery journey that i mentioned at the beginning of this episode and the journey i've been through when i talk about it with other guys all of a sudden they remove their armor and they begin to disclose a little more of the tensions or struggles they're facing personally or in their marriages and so that just creates the opportunity to ask some of the questions that Brittany's already mentioned. You know, what, what are you really feeling? What are you really thinking? Maybe what are some of the original things that might've happened in your life that have led you uh, down this path to start? And so, um, yeah, so I, I think one response to your question is setting the example um, mm-hmm. for people when having yes. these kinds of conversations. Yeah. And I think um, also there's this, huge piece that we we struggle with in our society nowadays which is listening Mm -hmm. right just listening people need to be heard they need to share and they will make connections just by speaking and not be interrupted and that's really powerful so yeah i mean it's like 
talking about feelings, listening to people, sharing your own stories so people feel comfortable sharing their own, right? All these ways that we can have these real life conversations with people. So can you give us some examples of what you realize, realized about yourself um, and what kind of self-awareness came out of this game for you guys? Mm. I would say I, I haven't, um, I guess my awareness continues to increase, right? Because we can be self-aware one moment, but to have expanding or increasing self-awareness, I'm still on that journey. Um, so one example that actually happened recently was that our dog, we have a dog called Brownie Bell, and she was barking out our back window and I was getting so frustrated. I was, um, I thought, what the heck are you barking at? And I was feeling frustrated, irritated, angry. And I just went over and pulled her away from the window. And then later I realized, you know what? I could have responded completely different to the same exact situation. Dog is barking out the window. I could think, I am so glad I have a dog to protect this house. I could feel safe. I could feel thankful. I could go over and pet my dog and give her a hug and say, I love you. I'm so glad you're in our home. So it just continues to remind me of how important it is to be aware of my thoughts because I can fully affect my feelings and my actions by just taking captive that first thought. Yes. Um, it can change the tra trajectory of how I treat people, how I treat my, my dog. Um, so just continuing my self-awareness in that journey is so important. And even taking ownership of, I was feeling and thinking this, um, this is how I would have liked to have thought and felt, you know, so that even taking ownership of my behaviors later and communicating that to my kids, my husband relationships in my life. Um, that's huge, right? So important. Yeah, that's huge. And I think the Bible is pretty clear on these thoughts thing. It says, renew your mind, right? Daily and focus on the things, um, um, the things that I have for you. And I think that that also plays with, you know, are you on a negative thought thinking pattern that you need to like switch, right? Okay, guys. Well, this has been such an awesome show. I had the privilege of playing this game. It is super fun. We laughed a lot. So um, let me tell you where you can find this game. There will be some games available on our online store at wellspringmiami.org. Just click on the store button on the store link up there. And there's also the website for Ferret Flush, which is ferretflush.com. And there's an Instagram. Tell us about your Instagram and Facebook. Yeah, so at Ferret Flush, uh, you'll find our Instagram page as well as a Facebook group with uh, updates, posts. You can interact with us there and we'd love to meet you when you join us. Awesome. And that's Ferret Flush. Ferret, it has two R's in it, just in case. I mean, I don't think we write ferret that often, that word. So just in case. All right. It's time to close out the show. Thank you, Anthony and Brittany, for joining us today and sharing with us the importance of developing our emotional intelligence and a fun way to do it through play. And thank you, listeners, for joining our show today. Again, if you joined this program midstream, you can find this show and others on podcasts at Wellspring on the Air or on our blog on wellspringmiami.org. The title of today's show, again, was Building Emotional Intelligence Through Play. Encourage us and let us know you're listening by sending comments or questions to on the air at wellspringmiami.org. It's time to wrap up. This is Nicole Alfonso with Wellspring on the Air because hearts and minds matter. <laughs>